Well, good morning. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday. And, you know, today is Monday, though. So we're going to drop it on Tuesday. Uh, can't wait till you hear our next guest. Boys and girls around the world, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Let's get ready to broker. By way of Boca Raton, Florida, he is the associate dean for graduate programs for Florida Atlantic University. Go Owls. He received the doctorate in finance of the University of Alabama. Roll Tide Roll. His hometown is Montgomery, Alabama. He is a real estate economist that started the Real Estate Initiative at FAU, as well as publishes the top 10 U.S. housing markets. He's a real estate celebrity and has been on the Today Show, CNBC, Last Call, and many more media outlets. Stand up and make some noise for the one and only Dr. Ken Johnson. Good morning, Dad. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing fine. <laughs> so, um, how's the market? <laughs> well, everybody's worried that we're going to have a repeat of what happened circa 2007 and 8 when prices turned down dramatically, but the the ingredients just aren't there this time around. So, I think we're going to see fairly stable pricing. I don't think we're going to go up too much. I don't think we're going to go down too much. Um, a lot of people are starting to predict that, and it's being driven by the fact that rates are bracketing the top end, not allowing prices to rise. But here in, in Southeast Florida, we have such demand and a shortage of housing units. That's pushing prices up, and those two forces are coming together to kind of keep us relatively flat. Sure. What's the difference between, like, let's say 2008 and today's market as we're kind of moving into, you know, whether, whether it be a stagnant or a flat market? or balance market, you know, um, something like that. Because we talk about, like, the months of inventory, you know, is usually the indicator that I look mm -hmm. at, right? Um, and we're somewhere in the neighborhood of single-family homes around 3.4, 3.5, something like that um, in our area. And um, I think it's, like, 4.5 in the uh, in condo market. And, I mean, really, a balanced market is five, five and a half months of inventory. So, you know, if you want to label it, which I hate labels, but if you want to label it, um, underneath that is, you know, a seller's market. Above it is, is a buyer's market. Um, so tell us a little bit about the differences, sure. maybe, between what happened in 08 and now. Sure. Glad to. So... Back 07, 08, depends on where you were in the country, more towards 08 here in, in, in the Sunbelt states. Um, we saw a tremendous oversupply of units, and you had these really, if you talk about inventory on market, months on market of inventory, I don't remember the number, much higher than the average. Additionally, at that point in time, we, we were just beginning the foreclosure crisis. A lot of really bad loans, really poor underwriting had been done. And you brought those two things together with the oversupply. There's always been an influx in population into Florida, although it was smaller than it is, smaller then than it is now. Not a dramatic difference like the oversupply and, and the foreclosure crisis. There is no looming foreclosure crisis. Anybody that's in distress right now, if they put their house on the market, they're going to sell it very, very rapidly. They're not going to, there's not going to be a foreclosure crisis. So those are the two biggies, is that the no, really, no looming foreclosure crisis, and we actually have a severe housing shortage, a severe inventory shortage. Have you been no, you know, noticing the rents, um, you know, certainly in the, in the area, you know, um, it, it's kind of tough, and it's kind of maybe a two-part question, but, you know, you know, how are the re rental market here? But also, you, you think about the, you know, the, I don't know, the Gen Z, whatever you want to, I guess they're Gen Zs, you know, how are they going to be able to afford, you know, a house in the future? Because, you know, affordability crisis is, a, is an issue right now, and even the rents are significantly high. So 
what are we seeing as far as maybe the rental prices and maybe the affordability? Glad to. Glad to talk about this. So affordability is going to be the issue this time around. We actually talked a lot about an affordability crisis circa 2007. That was all the talk was affordability, affordability. But as soon as prices started to crash, the the topic of affordability just disappeared because everything became affordable rather quickly. This time around, that's probably not going to happen. So our rents are incredibly high. We are roughly the southeast Mark, Southeast Florida markets, roughly number seven, eight, or nine in most overpriced rental markets. In terms of a premium, you're paying about a 10% premium. In other words, on average, you're paying about 10% above what you otherwise should be based on a history of rent. So rents are high. Additionally, home prices are high. We're at roughly that 39% premium. Both are high. But when you put the two together here, and this is, comes back to your first question, this price-to-rent ratio that we have here in Southeast Florida comes in around 13, and what that really means is the relatively lower price-to-rent ratio means a more stable housing pricing market. So it's about a 7% gross return on monthly rents if you own property, if you were investing and and renting out property. When you look at those numbers in, say, San Francisco, that number comes in closer to 30, which means they're getting less than a 3% gross return after taxes, insurance, maintenance. They're going negative on a monthly flow, almost certainly. So you have a very stable market here that shows no real sign of decreasing. And matter of fact, in the last two months, the month-over-month increase is a little unnerving, but we've gone back to just short of a 1% increase month-over-month each of the last two months. High prices, but they're being supported by rents this time around. They were not being supported by rents last time around. You know, there's a lot of building, and a lot of the building in the last, let's say, five years, eh, not five years, maybe two, three years, um, has been rental um, units. You know, uh, you know, the developers have seen, you know, uh, obviously the exorbitant rents around. They seem to be coming down, though, because, like, when you know, and again, you know, everything's local, right? So, you know, I'm speaking, you know, I'm not, I don't know about Miami or, Fort, you know, Fort Lauderdale or Broward, but I do know about Boca. And it seems like the rents are starting to really kind of creep down a little bit. It'll be un, unusual if we see significant downturn in rents. That's historically not what, what happens when you get these inflationary rents, inflationary food prices, gas prices, whatever. What we want are prices to stop going up so dramatically. Incomes will catch up. That's historically happened. So we're roughly at a 4% year-over-year increase. So while we're at a premium in our rental market, we've only gone up in rents roughly 4% in the last year. And that's within this rule of thumb average of 3 to 5%. You expect that out of markets. Right. But we were going back a year ago, we were at 18 19% year-over-year increases, and that was just shocking. I think our market is morphing from this rental crisis or housing crisis where prices were rising so rapidly, both on the home, home ownership, the cost of home ownership and the price of renting. Now we're at a point where, you know, it's morphing into an affordability crisis. And that's probably going to be with us a while. We are building very rapidly, perhaps faster than we've ever built, but people are coming faster than, than ever before. Demographically, like, where are they coming from? Anecdotal data is right. so, the data is so fluid right now, it's hard to tell. Uh, mostly what I pick up are from different different folks from around the country. And we're hearing numbers, for example, 
uh, speaking with um, with some folks out of New York a couple of weeks ago, and they were measuring driver's licenses that had been switched from uh, from state of New York to to Florida, and that was down seventeen percent year over year. And so originally you think, well, that's cooling, but then when you looked at it, it's still twelve thousand people every right. <laughs> every three months from the state of New York just into the state of Florida. So that's a really big price movement, a really big demographic movement, and it's still. It's like slowing down from 120 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour. Right. You know, we're still going very, very fast in terms of people moving into the state. We've seen quite a lot of people from California relocate, which was never the case, you know, um, in as long as I've been living here. Um, it's been a while, too. So. Uh, you know, what do you know the reason why people in California, like, because when you look at California, you know, and obviously it's um, most of the people when you talk to them is, you know, it's the taxes. It's the, you know, they're getting crazy taxed in California. You know, um, maybe the quality of life, what it was, is not the same, um, even though it's a, a gorgeous uh, area and, and, you know, and such. Um, and lots of things to do. But we're seeing a lot more Californians. I, I've never seen California tags in my neighborhood until the last year. Yeah. And so all of a sudden there's two or three homes that have California tags out front them they're switching over they'll be in the stats for next year for people moving from california to florida not a hundred percent sure what's driving that but it's almost certainly the taxes taxes are very very high you know it's, it's an amazing thing to have such a dynamic economy here in florida and the fact that we don't pay any state income tax um so there there might be a cost to that by the way one day but uh, that day is not today and it's far over the horizon in other words we could get so many people in that we might have to find the, the need for a state tax but I don't think that's going to happen anytime in the, in the near future. So there's going to be that draw there. And people all over the country, just not in California, love warm weather and love, love salt water. I, I don't know what drives that, but they do. Right. I do. I don't want to live above I-10. I think it's the Arctic above I-10. So. <laughs> well, when you look at, um, you know, as far as a Realtor Political Action Committee, um, is the advocacy arm for the Realtors Association. Mm -hmm. And we go out and, and one of our big movements um, or our big issues, I guess, uh, that we advocate for is clean water, mm -hmm. you know, because when people come down here, they, they pretty much want clean water. Yeah. Just, you know, just saying. And it's really not a uh, Democrat or Republican issue. It's like an everyone issue, a bipartisan issue. Uh, so, you know, uh, we try and do a good job in, in making sure that we just had July uh, beach cleanup day and, and such. And it's, it's a, a pretty good thing. Let's, um, Let's go into your top 100 U.S. Sure. markets. Sure. Um, who's the most affordable and most, or, or how, how do you uh, measure it? So I guess we'll go for it. We, we look at both prices. We do the same for rents, and then we put together the two together for the price to rent to measure stability of markets. The prices, this is the easy thing to do. We use open source data. I love to use Zillow data simply because it's easy to access, and it's just trends. We're not looking at individual house prices, but we can look we have all the statistics that they build what's called a repeat sales index. And from that, we can project where prices should have been going back roughly 15, 20, 25 years, actually, on the home prices. So we can predict a trend where prices should be. And then we simply compare them to where they are. Lucky for us, this is very easy statistically to measure because home prices cycle around a trend. They're a little above, then they're a little below, and they're always going to moderate back to that trend. And so we just want to know, where are we right now? Average price in Southeast Florida, for that, that's Miami, 
Broward and Palm Beach County average price where it actually is for a given month, compare it to where it should be. And then that's a, if it's above, we call it a premium. If it's below, it's called a discount. I don't believe we measure a hundred markets around the country. And I don't think we have a single, single market in the country that's selling at a discount right now, but we, there will come a time where we'll be back below that, that, that trend, that, 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 that projected price but that's not coming anytime soon either. So once we do that, we measure, and we do the same thing for rents, by the way, and then we put the two together to measure the stability of a given market, and that price-to-rent ratio is very predictive of what's going to happen to price. I just find it interesting that it's not a like local issue, it's not a you know lifestyle issue, it's like a countrywide affordability issue, or crisis, you want to call it, you know, and and... Every single market, you know, for the last several years has gone way up, like, you know, dramatically. And you, you just wonder, like, how is that possible? How can North Dakota still be up, right? When And, you know, whatever, Kansas and Montana and all these places are, are, are going crazy high. Like, how is it that every single market in our country has gone up? So I was just back home visiting friends of mine in, in Birmingham, and the Birmingham market is on fire. I don't think a ton of people are naturally moving to Birmingham, which some are, but the real big culprit, and that might sound pejorative, but what's really driving this, yeah, people are moving to the Sunbelt states. That's that's going to put demand in on Florida, Florida homes, Georgia homes, Carolinas, et cetera, Texas. So they're moving here. There's also the, the pandemic effect where we all can work from home now for some amount of time, but as soon as you can work from home some, you have that extra demand for that office space that you need. So that's a little bit more demand on real estate. But can that account for all the, these rising prices in Lawrence, Kansas? I mean, <laughs> what's driving that? And what appears to be driving that is household formation around the U.S. Going back to roughly 2016 through 19, we were forming about 1.4 to 1.5 million new households. And that's that's either a unit that's being rented and you've got a new head of household whose name's first on the lease. That's all they measure. And or, and or home ownership. So the U.S. was forming about 1.4 to 1.5 million new households per year. Last year, we formed almost 2.4 million. Wow. And that's the millennials moving into that they're, they're forming a household. Maybe it's not home ownership. Maybe it is just renting. But all this demand is sudden and sharp. And it's, in, it's, it's like an iceberg. Those first two are really, that's what we see. And we pay a lot of attention to the people moving to Florida. We pay a lot of attention to the people moving to Atlanta, Georgia. The demand to work from home and everybody needs better space to work from, you know, somehow to isolate the dogs from barking when you're on your podcast at home. <laughs> you know, so, but the real culprit, the real driver is this household formation. Yeah. Wow. That's uh, you know, that's an interesting stat when you, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, cause we, we've been tracking and we've been talking about millennials for, you know, forever. Right. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear that. What, so when you look at your top hundred that you you put out, you put it out monthly or quarterly? We do it monthly. Okay, so my, so when you put it out monthly, um, how does the Southeast Florida positioned within the that top hundred? Sure. Well, fortunately, unfortunately, decided just depending on which side of the coin you want to look on, we are the eleventh most overpriced market in the country based on a premium. If we go back just one year, we were the seventy yes somewhere in the seventies. 
uh, in terms of being overpriced. So a year, year and a half ago, the the degree of overpricing in, in this part of the world was not very much. Now going forward, year, year and a half, we're knocking on the door of that top 10. But all of the measured, so what we do, we measure the top 100 markets, but that's being driven by population and availability of data. So there's nothing, no, no magic to getting in the market other than you've got a lot of people living there and you've got data available. So we're really in terms of population, somewhere market number 105, six or seven, some few markets don't have the necessary data to run, to run the models. So we look at that and we just want to know how overpriced are you or how underpriced and it's changed dramatically. All nine of our measured Florida metros are in the top 15. A year ago, none were in the top 15. Uh, when you look at universities, universities and real estate, like I can't remember when I went to you know college, I don't remember a real estate degree, right? Like I don't remember you know real estate even being you know part of a, a discussion. It was always like, all right, well, do you want to get into law? You want to be a you want to be a doctor? You want to you know, get your MBA, you want to, you know, all these different things, but real estate was never one of them. Now, all of a sudden, real estate has become huge, especially as a major in curriculum within the university. How does FAU, um, you know, work through real estate and, you know, how people are, are kind of coming into a university and wanting to major in real estate? Sure. So real estate means a lot of things to a lot of different people. Uh for us, we look at it like it's a financial asset because it is. It's a financial asset that trades in slow motion. The f- math formulas we use to, to price real estate, commercial, residential, are the same as we use to price stocks, bonds, et cetera. Uh, just accounting for a, a, a slower trade, if you will. So you can look at it from a finance standpoint. You can look at it You can look at it not from finance, which is the way I prefer, quite honestly. But that does – that's doesn't have to be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, when I first went back to school, I thought I might end up with a marketing PhD. Uh, but I was always this nerdy little math guy, and I, I like the valuation concepts. And so a lot of real estate is taught from a finance perspective. A lot of real estate is taught from the, con- the, the concept of building it, making it stand up, building science, architecture. A lot of real estate is taught from the urban side. How do we have the right mix of schools and, and homes and, and businesses? So there's a lot of ways we can address real estate. And that's part of the issue with it's never had a, an exact home in academia. Mostly these days, I think it fits more on either econ, which is the urban side, or in finance, because it is a financial asset. And that's the way we tend to approach real estate at FAU is that we understand it's a financial asset. The same kids that are studying finance just have to change the variables in the valuation form. The, the names, it's, it's still the same concept. We, we just rename the variables. It's like putting a different name on the back of a football player's jersey. Um, or, so it's the same as finance, and someone can trend from finance into real estate or real estate into finance pretty easily after they graduate. Where's the market going? <laughs> if, I, Put your, if you uh, had your crystal ball <laughs> and, and, and you um, could forecast, uh, what does Dr. Ken Johnson think the market in Southeast Florida is, is going? How is it going to be in, let's say, the next two years? So I, you I, know, and, and, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, you know, I've spoken to a lot of economists around the country. And, you know, the one thing they said is like, you know, the, there wasn't a single economist that got it right, you know, 
in the last three years. So, well, we have multiple <laughs> hands on the one hand and on the other yeah, hand. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'll give you the answer I used to give when I was. I think you know I used to practice real estate for yes. years. And um, so I'll give you the answer I used to give to all, all my my clients. If I knew where prices were going, I would own an island, and it's called Australia. <laughs> you know, so, but but what looks most likely? So we could. Could prices reignite again and get out of hand? It's possible, but very unlikely. But it would take something really unforeseen. I, I don't know what I'm trying to just dream something up here. If pri- if interest rates were to drop back to three percent, I think we would see an explosion with all that household formation, housing. Regardless of the price point that you're buying at, housing would look relatively cheap again. And you see this massive explosion in price again. But what's the likelihood of rates going back to 30-year mortgage rates going back to 3%? I don't think that's happening anytime soon. So very unlikely that you'll have this major price explosion again. I think just the same very unlikely that you're going to have this major price implosion. You know, it's, it's going to, it would take something dramatic. We The builders just have a party and build like crazy for however much time and we way way oversupply the market and florida becomes unpopular we'd have a housing crash both of those extremely unlikely what looks to be most likely is that prices should stay relatively flat maybe go up a little go down a little you know if we lost in the southeast florida market if we lost 10 percent from where we are right now if prices drop back 10 percent and we measured from the bottom of the last cycle circa middle of 2012 we would still be appreciating we would have averaged Nine and a half percent appreciation in home prices for each of the last years. Well, that's eleven years. Wow. That's 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 a big number that most people don't realize the underpinnings. How far from an index standpoint? So don't pay attention to the numbers, just the magnitude. From an index standpoint, we were at one thirty-seven based off of a hundred. We were one thirty-seven. It's at four fifty something. It's it's, an, it's almost a threefold. It is over a threefold increase. Crazy. So. We can stand a little bit of loss, and it's not going to be the end of the world. But I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I think we're just going to be talking about affordability. We will eventually overbuild, or people will slow down coming here. And since I mentioned overbuilding, I'll try to be cognizant of time. We're not going to go vertical. We we will. We will be more vertical than we were 10 years ago and 20 years ago. But we're not going to wake up and look like New York City. (laughs) That will happen for our great-great-great-grandchildren, perhaps. We'll see that type of a vertical market. As South Floridians and, and people that have, you know, been here, lived here, um, you know, when we come through hurricane season, you know, I'm not going to ask you to put your meteorologist hat on, but, um, you know, it, it, it's a fear that every time we get around, you know, that July 1st, <laughs> August 1st, you know, especially in August and going into September and October, you know, that there's going to be, you know, that hurricane, the, the direct hit and all that kind of stuff. And and I remember what facilitated the crash in in really 2005 2006 when it started to really start to um, you know come down and, and, and rather quickly especially in South Florida uh, was you know the hurricane um, hurricanes I guess I, you should say you had Francis Jean and then Wilma and then you know so you had a lot of um, like pressure on on prices and when you said you know unpopular being you know unpopular in Florida. Is that something that you guys track in the sense of, you know, catastrophic events that could cause, you know, pressure on pricing? We don't, but I attend academic conferences regularly, and this was a very hot topic for quite a while after 2005, 6, 7. And generally what we find is that hurricanes are like earthquakes. 
you fear the you fear them. You think that everybody's going to leave California in the forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies. California was going to fall into the Pacific Ocean. No, but everybody was going to leave California. They just kept going. They just kept going to California. If you look at the strikes, and I don't have hard numbers on this, but if you look at the hurricane strikes, major um, hurricane strikes from from the tip of Texas around the Gulf of Mexico up to the through the Carolinas up to the Virginia coast. In virtually every strike within a couple of years, real estate prices had rebounded and were taking off. It's as if Mother Nature wiped part. This is not all positive, but it's it's a rezoning by Mother Nature that comes in, and all of a sudden, you know, I miss I, I, when I go over to Fort Myers. I'm telling you, I'm going to miss the little local places where you know it was a sandwich shop out of a out of a mobile home and right, right down on the beach and everybody's wearing flip flops and, you know, beer was cheap and mm. those things are probably gone forever, but the whole Fort Myers, Northport area, that's all going to redevelop and, and expand again. Almost every hurricane strike is followed by an increase in real estate prices. Not immediate. There is a right. recovery period. And we're seeing that right now, especially in Cape Coral. It seems without going over and surveying the damage, just as we watch rents and prices bounce around over there, the Cape Coral area seems to have been affected the most. I don't know if hit the hardest, but it's been affected the most, but it will rebound. It's sending off one of the best buy signals right now in the country. Wow. So Cape Coral and, uh, well, interesting. So, I mean, it's been hot. It's been really hot. Like I, I mean, I've been here, you know, my, my entire life and, um, I don't remember summer as hot as this, but uh, it's um, I, you know it's pretty much hot around the country. So hopefully that uh, we we could uh, blow uh, the the hurricanes out back to the ocean where they belong. Um, I, thank you very much. But I always I always end the uh, conversation podcast on two questions. One is, what's your favorite all time streaming series, like a movie or? Streaming series, you know, or, you know, um, a, a series. And what are you currently watching? Oh, boy. <laughs> this is the pop quiz yes, that I did not get that? prepared for. <laughs> I did so, not send you So that. is it the favorite series that I like to watch with my wife or is the one that I like to watch <laughs> on my own? And since she might be listening to this, I think I would have to say Outlander since we were watching Outlander. that last night. Awesome. Uh, Maritza, you, you heard me say that. So yes. I really enjoy watching that. Um <laughs> All time, uh, I, I, probably Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably I like Yellowstone. Yellowstone. I yeah. went there once a long time ago, so I, yeah. Yeah, it was a beautiful part of the beautiful part of the world for three months out of the year. Yeah, no, it's it, it is it is pretty. Uh, I just saw um, I watched the I think it's called the Deepest Breath. Dude, those people are nuts. Yeah, I saw something about that, uh, I, I, and I, I was scared watching it, so I couldn't finish it. Like, I don't even understand how you, you decide that you're going to go free diving, and in one breath, you go 103 meters down, 104, or whatever it was, and you come up, and many times you black out, and like your eyes are in the back of your head, like. And you got to rely on the safety crew to blow some air in your like. These people are nuts. Yeah, I can't They're go to the bo- I can't go to the bottom of my pool without right. getting a migraine like, headache. Exactly. Like you go six feet down, I'm like, oh, you know, and that's <laughs> what is that? Two meters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, 
Dr. Ken Johnson, I appreciate it very much. Thank you very much for coming on Breakfast with a Broker. Where can we find you and where can we find your uh, top 100? Sure. So uh, I'm the Associate Dean of our graduate programs at Florida Atlantic University's College of Business. Uh, we're right over here off uh, Glades Road in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, we're there uh, 365. I'm an administrator, so I, I work year-round. Uh, the top 100 you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a kind of a seasoned guy, so I can't spill URLs off the tip of my tongue because I just look for those key terms. If you'll search top 100 U.S. housing markets or the Waller Weeks and Johnson Rental Index, and then there's a Braha Harden and Johnson, and I'll spell Braha, B-E-R-A-C-H-A, Braha, Ellie Braha. So I do have some co-developers, co so I, if I could give a little plug to them. Absolutely. So Dr. Ellie Braha and Dr. Bill Harden down at FIU, um, they're both our rivals and, and, and partners. So they work with me on the, the top 100 U.S. housing markets, and they work uh, with me on the price-to-rent ratios that we put out every month, and we do this for 100 markets. And then Dr. Benny Waller at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Roll Tide. And uh, Dr. Shelton Weeks over at Florida Gulf Coast University. We do the Waller, Weeks, and Johnson rental index that comes out monthly and we actually just started for the first time the sec rental index that <laughs> will that started this past month so we measure what rent what the rental markets are doing in the 14 soon to be 16 <laughs> um, sec rental markets that's awesome well, thank you very much. I can't thank you enough. Uh, wealth of information. We talked about uh, the rental price index, you know, what, whether or not uh, um, there's going to be a crash or, or, or whatever. And, you know, people talk about crash bubble, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we've kind of dispelled that rumor. So, uh, so uh, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, as we go through uh, real estate and we get into um, universities and, and we um, build communities, um, you know, listen, you know, live your best life and, and, and move on. So uh, we certainly appreciate you being on uh, Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday. Talk to you soon.